Attention, Pokemon players. You are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. I am your host, Jake Abrams, alongside Nick Yurko, a.k.a. the Duke of Hobbies. Nick, how are we doing today? Really good right now, Jake. Really good. Oh, yeah? Why is that? Well, I'm officially moved out of the home that I have bought, so I am a homeowner, not living in my home, but the good news is that gives me time to finally finalize, and hopefully, and maybe even by the time this episode is out, we've already started streaming a little more regularly. That'd be awesome. I can't wait to get some uh, more content out there on YouTube and Twitch. That'd be yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. So I got to do a little bit more testing on internet stuff here, but otherwise, I think we'll be good to go, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm a little more stable rather than not knowing where I'm going to be at in a week. Yeah, no, that makes a, a whole lot of sense. How about yourself, Jake? How are you doing? I can't really complain. I uh, just got finished with the uh, Pokemon team event qualifier number one yesterday. Uh, for our local uh, group. I, unfortunately, you could not be there. No, no. Uh, <laughs> I was lugging but, boxes out of the house. <laughs> yeah, that, that's unfortunate. But maybe on the next one you can. I know there's a little bit of time before then. But yep. fortunately for me, I ended up uh, taking it. Uh, there was no cut because we only had seven players. But I ended up going 3-0 with, with uh, the old trusty Picarom and was the only 3-0. So... Got my spot on the team. I'm pretty excited about that. And I can't wait to uh, see who else makes the team and then kind of collaborate from there and hopefully, you know, represent our local area and store uh, and make some noise. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Now, which uh, was this a Bolton version or is this with anything new from Vivid Voltage or kind of more of your uh, your standard one? It's pretty Sorry. standard. I, I, I mean, I generally haven't played it uh, with the the Vikavolt, but I did throw Vikavolt in because I had a feeling I was going to play against uh, Blacephalon, and I did, and got got Vikavolt out there and kind of just shut his uh, game plan out at the beginning, and then it bought me ter- time to uh, kind of set up and then start really wailing into him pretty hard. So Vikavolt definitely won me that matchup for sure. Nice. But other than that, I uh, I beat an ADP, which is a uh, very close game. I ended up getting the bosses at the end for the win. And I also played against um, a Senna Scorch and Raichu Raichu, you know, paralyzed and he didn't have a switch out. So got me the game there. So it was a it was a it was a fun event. It was it went by really quick. Uh, but it was it was well run by our local professor, Zach, and it was awesome. Nice. That's good to hear. But talking about uh, local professors, we have another guest today with us. And he is another professor and actually somebody that I first met. He's somebody I first met when I first started playing and really kind of got me up and running and how to kind of be uh, competitive. Another local judge, his name's Steve Burks. Uh, and how are we doing today? Good. How are you guys today? Doing wonderful. That's good. Yeah. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. So uh, I have been playing the Pokemon TCG since, well, I started back when I was, you know, young, like all, you know, early 90s kids did. Yeah. And then I, I stopped there for a while after that. 
uh, you know, we all got in the age of, oh, we're too cool for Pokemon now, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I eventually got back into the game uh, around 2012 when uh, Dragon's Exalted was first releasing, and I've been part of the community ever since. Very awesome. That's awesome. Jake, That's... we got some questions, though. Yes, we do. We, uh, we have a standard three questions, and we actually added another one. Um, but let's just start at the top. Um, I'm assuming uh, that you've played any of the, the Game Boy games back in the day or even just, you know, uh, some of the console games. What was your first ever starter Pokemon? So I have played every single Pokemon game that's ever released. And wow. my favorite starter Pokemon is probably Totodile. Okay. Uh, Gen 2 has just always been a big-time favorite of mine overall. And, you know, even though Squirtle was my first starter overall, because I played, you know, Fire or fire version whenever that first came out. But Totodile mm-hmm. is just that cool alligator looking Pokemon. And, you know, the anime, or I guess, you know, our version of the anime, you know, Totodile was always a cool character whenever he appeared on the screen during the show. Yeah, definitely. It seems like you like the, the water types then. Yes, I am a big favorite of the water type starter Pokemon in general. Very you know, cool. You know, the, the, you bring up something that it's. I normally am a big water grass person. Gen 2 is the only time I was like more gung ho about fire first starter than any of them. I, I was a big Cyndaquil fan. I don't know why. Maybe it was the show or something, but uh, it's just, it's weird. I'm, I, I switched it in that one. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the Cyndaquil and Totodile, and unfortunately, you know, I I think a lot of people don't really like Chikorita, but I think... (laughs) (laughs) Poor Chikorita. (laughs) Yeah, you know, any of those two are, like, super cool. They're, they're like, big parts of the the Gen 2 anime, and, you know, they were very lively characters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, so what's your favorite Pokemon? My favorite Pokemon, we're going back to Gen 2 again. And it is the legendary from gold version, Ho-Oh. <laughs> uh, you know, Steve, knowing you, I was expecting Lugia. <laughs> oh, no, no Lugia way. can just like <laughs> back himself in the corner. It's all Ho-Oh all day, every day. Nice. nice. So one thing about Steve, I don't know if, um, if you've seen this, Nick, but he has a folder dedicated to Ho-Oh. And he has so many copies and so many sweet looking cards. If you want to talk about that collection a little bit, that would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, so go, kind of going into, you know, I assume what your third question would be. Uh, my favorite card in the Pokemon TCG is a Ho-Oh EX full art from Dragon's Exalted. Yeah. yeah and that's a cool card. That, that card is, in my opinion, the best full art Pokemon has ever printed. And I have owned over 30 copies of that card currently <laughs> in my binder. And yeah, you got I, a whole section de- dedicated to him. Yes. And every time I flip to that page, my eyes just, you know, light up like the stars and above. <laughs> <laughs> you That's know, awesome. it, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's always cool to have, a, you know, I think that's part of the appeal for a lot of players too. So like, you know, for some, you know, Ho-Ho for some, I know your other collection for Lugia is the trash bin, but um, you know, for me, you know, and Jake and stuff, we, you know, I think that's part one of the great appeals about Pokemon is like, there's that one card or that one artwork or even that one Pokemon in general outside of the card game that just really hits home for some people. 
So you know, yeah. it's all, that's that's why we enjoy asking these questions with everyone because it's just that fun little thing to you know find that you know some for some this is this is the one and others like nah you're crazy so no, yeah I, yeah Pokemon's weird it's like it's that one card game where I'd say the majority of the fans are not competitive players unlike Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh the other of the three of the big three where there are more collectors out there that you know if they would just jump to the competitive side the competitive side would just boom first of all but the art on these cards that Pokemon generates every year are just fantastic. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. So, okay, so going from a, a card that you love and adore, um, we're going to kind of jump into the next question, where you're actually the first one that we're going to ask us to. Um, it's, it's our fourth question now. Um, a card that you hate and think is bad for the game, it could be current, it could be something from the past, um, especially for, since you've been in the game for such a long time. Um, what would that card be? So a card that I think was bad for the game of Pokemon in general was the Ultra Prism Oranguru and it, the resource management uh, attack specifically. Uh, I, when I play Pokemon, right, not only, yes, I play competitively, you know, well, I guess you say semi-competitively. I'm not, you know, top four in all these big tournaments or anything or top eighting them, but I want to enjoy the game with my opponent. And I think stall is my least favorite game mechanic in Pokemon. And that card was an instant copy or instant insert in any stall deck out there. And for what you, for people who are not aware of what it does, it was for one color synergy, take any three cards from your discard pile, put them on the bottom of your deck and you keep doing that every single turn. So, you know, all these stall cards that people could, play in their decks you had an mm-hmm. infinite amount of resources to them for the entire game that's just ridiculous <laughs> i'm happy yeah. i wasn't playing back then yeah i mean just imagine you know you know your last episode of, the, of this you mentioned crushing hammer was your most hated card of all time so just oh, well, yeah just, sit, <laughs> just sitting there being like oh i'm gonna resource manage but put three crushing hammers back on the bottom of my deck after i use them oh jesus yeah, yeah, no. I we I guess there a little bit ago too. There was also that other version of the Exadrill that was out there uh, that could kind of do that similar aspect because it got to put four cards even maybe from your discard pile back into your deck. Maybe another three. I can't. I just it it was a bad day for me. Yeah, uh, I, stall is is definitely the worst mechanic I think Pokemon ever has in their card game. Luckily, right now, it's not too prevalent. Hopefully, it kind of stays down for a while. Yeah, I, I've been really enjoying this format, actually, for a long... It's been a while since I can say that about this card game. Definitely. And I feel like a lot of people, especially those people that are complaining about ADP, um, you know, locally and just kind of abroad, might not be or might not have been in the game as long as you have, uh, where, you know, you've seen more abusive mechanics um so i the the hate for adp i mean is it it's warranted but maybe not as much as you know it could have compared to any of these other cards like we're just saying yeah absolutely speaking of some really cool cards that you know we're all we we're excited about and really neat artwork though i really want to talk about for a little bit here the shiny star v the uh, uh, Shining Fates that is coming out in February here. Now. 
Yeah. Yes. Ah, yes. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys? Yes, uh, what are you guys most excited about from this? Uh, you know, there's we're looking at. Uh, I believe it said a hundred and oh, uh, wrong article. Oops. One second. There we go. Uh, 90, 90 cards uh, and over a hundred twenty in the shiny vault subset. This includes a hundred oh. shiny Pokemon, thirty Pokemon V and V Max. And then also that shiny Charizard VMAX will be in this. Everybody's got to get another Charizard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Pokemon knows what prints money, so. Yeah, definitely. Well, aside from Charizard, like don't, nobody can pick Charizard. Uh, let's start with Steve since he's our guest. What, what card or cards are you most looking forward to in this shiny star or this, this shining fates? So, uh, Another thing that I collect that people are probably not aware of is I've been collecting the full art supporters from mm -hmm. uh, every every full art supporter that has ever been released in English. Uh, so I'm actually most excited for the full art supporters in this set, especially since there's nine, and I think this is tied for the most of any set uh, that to have full art supporters. I think nine is the record with Ultra Prism. Nice, nice. Yeah, that the the. Supporter uh, full arts are awesome, and they're the best way to kind of like pimp out your deck, I guess, because most of these cards you're using multiples of, and it's it's nice to kind of have those those shiny toys in in the deck. Yeah, I'm also actually excited to just so Hidden Fates. Whenever it was released, they released all these shiny GXs, but unfortunately, I think almost every single one of them rotated before <laughs> they could be played. So, oh, at least with this, yeah, at least with this set, a lot of them, are, I think, well, all of them are Vs and all Vs are legal. So, mm -hmm. every single one will be legal for tournament play in this set. Yeah, I agree. And then there's also, I think, the full Mad Party line is all shiny available as well. Yep. Yeah, I'm, yeah, a lot of the baby, well, as we term as baby, if you're not a V or VMAX, yeah. are shiny. Yeah, there's three whole box sets. So there's going to be there's a few ways to do this. There's elite trainer box, and then there's four. I take that back. Four actual like big packs yeah. uh, that come with uh, Mr. Rhyme, uh, Poltergeist, uh, Bundle Bay, and then the Dedane. So you got the whole Mad Party line, and they each get, they get their own special card for those ones too. So you know. That's it's quite a set. Uh, I'm I'm I, all the artwork on this one's amazing. You know, Jake, what's your what's your favorite you know card that you're most excited for coming from this one? So you know that the full art trainers are nice, and I'm I am excited for that. Um, but if anybody has been listening to us for you know a couple weeks now, you will know that my card is Dragapult, and I'm gonna <laughs> need to get like Steve. You you said Ho Ho's your your favorite, and I know Dragapult's a new Pokemon, but that is my boy. I'm going to have the same kind of effect of like a, like a full binder section just for Dragapult cards. <laughs> and, and I'm going to buy the crap out of those sets. I cannot wait to have a full Dragapult list with all just shiny Dragapults. I cannot wait. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Dragapult also. Uh, I, I actually was one of the first shiny Pokemon I caught in the new, or when Sword and Shield first released. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm completely ecstatic for the whole uh, shiny Dragapult. But 
How about yourself, Nick? What are, what are you looking for? What are you looking most forward to in Shining Faith? Uh, it's a tough one for me. I, you know, I think the coolest looking card in this set, though, and don't get, <laughs> don't make fun of me, is Eldegoss. <laughs> I what? think it, I love the Eldegoss card. Like it is just a cool looking card. But I, the Pokemon that I really want to get though is Ditto V Max. It's just I love that when when I finally Gigamaxed my Ditto for Sword and Shield and had him evolve into that form. That was my favorite one out of all of them. So that's something that, you know, I, I, I'm really excited for. So it's, it's just, so can we uh, expect the ditto, a ditto deck from you? Oh, of course. If, if I can, <laughs> if I can figure out a ditto, especially with, so he has a cool attack too. Max transform V max. He's 320 in health. So, Oh, all right, good. We're not looking at the 300 range for VX, yeah. but three color, colorless energy. Choose one of your opponent's active Pokemon attacks and use it as this attack. So, I mean, there, this is pretty cool. You know, the fact that you can do some really neat things with this deck. Um, yeah. You know, I'm definitely going to be looking into, you know, what it possibly could be, you know. So, and then I also like Ditto V, but the artwork for the VMAX. Uh, it's, it's a tie for me in that shiny Eligos, just because yeah. I, I don't know why, but there's something striking about that Eligos for me. Yeah, it's respectable. No, I can't wait to see what you come up with and, and see kind of just how Ditto fits in the meta with with all these different VMAX uh, attackers. Uh, just It could really just be anything it wants to be, basically. Right. Yeah. So, speaking of awesome cards and... We're going to kind of transition over to a free card that uh, was available on PTCGO this weekend. Uh, I'm not sure if it's available at the time of this recording, but um, if you were to go into PTCGO and put under the um, redeem code um, Players Cup 2 REG, you get yourself a full free art Zashian. The hyper version of it, too. Yeah. 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 No, it was it was awesome of them to do this. I don't know how this came about or or whatnot, but I I got the claim one. I don't know about you two. Did you guys get yours? Uh, yeah, I was able to pick one up. I actually chose not to get it just because I was hoping other players could get it since I had just pulled one. So I, you I feel always have two or a full playset. Well, I, to me, to me, hey, if someone else who doesn't have it wants it, I, I let them have a spot. Well, that is, is that, honorable of you. And I also got the ultra premium version too, so I'm, I'm pretty, I'm sitting pretty good with the. How with about Zashian you rub right? it in a little bit more with this ultra premium <laughs> set that you keep talking about that I want that I haven't been able to find? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I gotta poke at you sometimes, there, Jake. Oh, for sure. How about you, Steve? Did you get the ultra premium set yet? Uh, I did, and I actually have it sealed downstairs on display. Yeah, and you and you're not gonna you're not gonna open it. Well, so recently in the past couple of months, I've been also collecting some sealed product, and mm-hmm. that was one I think I, I was wanting to collect. And I pre-ordered one from the Pokemon Center the morning it released. And then I also pre-ordered one from a different website that I still have yet to get. So, mm-hmm. assuming I get the one from the other website, I'll open up one of them. That makes sense. That's that's awesome. Well, I, I, I will warn you, and this is actually a good thing, though. Um, 
the fact that what's going on right now is there is a kind of a small recall going on these. So, you know, maybe the one that you didn't get might have gotten recalled. Uh, and that's part of the reason because there's some product issues going on. So it's you're missing certain components. Like I actually am missing the uh, the Zamazetta from it. I did so hear I, people. I did hear people were missing stuff in their boxes. So right, right, and it's been a mix. It's it's not equal. So for some people, I've seen it's been dice. At some people, it's been the the tokens. Um, you know, oh, wow. yeah, I, I it kind of sucks to miss that. But you know, contact the Pokemon Center or the, um, uh, the support and, you know, they've been very helpful. They got back to me and, you know, they kind of explained it. It's, it's going to be some time. They know that this is going on and, you know, if you have enough proof, so you need your receipt, you need photos of everything. Um, I was in that weird pickle, but they approved it. They said though that the, I opened up all my card packs cause I just, I saw I had the Zashian and I just assumed. So I got all excited and opened them up and then I was mm -hmm. looking and I, I went, uh Oh, it's not here. So, <laughs> So I guess the moral of the story is check to see if you have all of your uh, products in there before you open any of the, uh, the booster packs. Right. That, that will, that'll be the best thing. Cause then you can actually return it um, and mm -hmm. they can, you know, to whoever you got it from and then they can get it back to, you know, get it, they can get a different copy for you. Oh. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's a good tip actually for anybody that um, gets one of these and finds that they don't have, uh, if they got one of those recalled boxes and they don't have quite all the product they want. Yeah. I mean, I just learned something new right now to, to, to open up anything. You know, I thought they would have just sent you a promo, but they actually want you to return the entire box. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, there's, I guess there's some other, I, I, there's just a, I guess a big shipping thing issue happened and there's a production and this is actually kind of true actually with board games pretty much in general right now. Uh, so that's just kind of a heads up on a lot of factors. Yeah. Hmm. Very cool. Uh, okay. So I wanted to talk about one last thing. I know Nick kind of, you were hesitant to talk about this, um, but I feel that we do need to bring it up. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to focus on the good, um, and Kadabra's back into the game. Uh, we're, we're the Pokemon now is allowed to print, uh, Kadabra product again. So I'm sure, you know, both of you are pretty happy about this. Yeah. I mean, anytime you can print a Pokemon that hasn't been printed since 2003, it's always a good thing. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but whenever I was younger and I got into the first, you know, red or blue, uh, Kadabra was my favorite Pokemon at the time because he was just so awesome and powerful. And then just to kind of lose him, you know, throughout the years really kind of sucks. And I'm not going to talk about the guy that, that, um, they kind of put the hex on this because I don't think he deserves any more attention than he's already had. And I think this is kind of, although it's awesome that we're getting cadaver back. I think it's, it's kind of, he's trying to get a, a last chance of relevance or, or some kind of attention. So we're not going to bring up his name. And I, I, I really wanted to curse on this about it, about him, but I'm going to, I'm not going to do that. And I'm just going <laughs> to leave it at that. Um, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on this issue or, or the situation, but for sure. I, I do have something real quick though. I want I want to think uh, like a lot of people aren't talking about this. Is I think that this is a testament to the fact that Pokemon is a game. They were the creators and the developers 
really creatively, you're, we're able to work around this without it being a major hiccup, right? Yeah, um, I agree with that. You know, so I think that's I think that's something that a lot of people need to appreciate and kind of understand. I I look at it from a game development point of view is the fact that you know you lost one piece. Granted, Pokemon has a lot of Pokemon, right? Especially Gen One, you're talking 151 Pokemon that they could work from. But yeah, you know, you're talking about a famous one, pretty obvious one. You know, you know a lot a lot of people knew it, not as popular as the big name ones, but. The fact that they were able to still make the game work without something, you know, a single one like this and still just not, we don't, you know, you lose everything with that Pokemon, you know, the, the basic and the stage two. Now mm-hmm. the fact that they were able to work around that properly, you know, I, I, a lot, I give a lot of credit to those, the developers more than anything. So, you know, I'm glad they, it, their job is a little bit easier moving forward, but. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, uh, the the cadaver is cool. Um, I I know that Pokemon has printed Alakazam a couple of times when they could, and there was that one time where they were printed Abra with an attack that allowed it to evolve and in, immediately into Alakazam. Uh, you know, back in like you know, you know, over ten years ago when that card was printed. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see Cadaver back in the game. Yeah, hopefully they'll get them him out soon, and maybe into like the next full set. Maybe they can kind of expedite that uh, and get him out. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. All right, so you know, uh, we brought you on because not only are you awesome for our local community and kind of like the welcome wagon for me at least uh, into the game, you're also uh, a professor and. We wanted to kind of talk to you about like what it takes to become uh, a professor, like the professor program that you were talking about, and uh, all that process. And uh... yeah, yeah, so the professor program is Pokemon's official program, in which you can either become one of two options. You can either, uh, well, I guess it's one of three options. Uh, you can be a tournament organizer so anytime you, you know you go well obviously we haven't had a major event tournament recently but uh anytime you'd go to these major tournaments there would be the people in charge of you know setting up the tournament figuring out venues to play at making sure it runs smoothly uh and then there are judges and then you can either be a tcg judge or a vgc judge mm-hmm. <clears throat> so within the program itself though each of these three different paths you can take uh, have different stages and those stages allow you to uh, be more responsible or judge higher level events. So the, the very first stage is a basic. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually you're restricted or they want you to be restricted to uh, local events only. Um, uh, You might be able to do like a, you know, a small regional as a basic. Um, And then as a stage one, that would allow you to do the regional level events. Uh, they want you to have experience though before. So you have to have recorded events of judging record or organizing record mm-hmm. to be able to uh, apply to the next stage. So you know, on your account, you know, after you have a couple recorded, they would say, hey, congratulations, you're eligible to be promoted and you have to you know, do the steps and fill out the application and be promoted throughout the program. 
or uh, the last. <laughs> well, real yeah. quick before before we dive a little bit further into this process, though, it, the how does someone go about actually becoming a professor initially? So after you you've picked one of these paths that go down, uh, you know, it, it, the organizer or the judge, like how do you go and do that? Uh, I mean, it's actually pretty simple. It's you know you assuming that you've been part of the community for a little bit and you understand you know, how Pokemon works and everything. Uh, on the website, there is an option to say become a professor, and you know then depending on which path you want to take, uh, you would have to take a test that will ask you questions within the Pokemon's rulebook. Uh, based on those paths. So the TCG judge is going to get asked different questions than a tournament organizer, and they're going to get asked different questions as opposed to a VGC judge. Mm -hmm. And uh, once you pass that, then you have to fill out a background check that Pokemon will run. And that's probably the hardest part. Well, it's easy assuming you know your background's clean, but it takes the longest to have completed. Uh, I think for me, whenever I first took my background test, it took me four months or something for them to process that. Oh wow, that's yeah, quite a bit. Of that, time. That, that's that's pretty standard, actually. That's uh, that's a uh, I've done uh, quite a few background checks in my field of career, so yeah, that's <laughs> I uh, it, that's that's actually a pretty good length of time. One of mine took actually a, a year, <laughs> for, so uh, and this is understandable. It makes a lot of sense why they have to do that background check. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you're going to be working with a lot of kids and they want to make mm -hmm. sure that the kids are also safe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can't fault them for that at all. So, okay, so then you go on the Pokemon website, you, you pick one, your, your path of where you want to go. Uh, you take the test, you pass it, you get your background, te uh, or, uh, your back background check, you pass that, and now you're doing, you know, your, your local events at, you know, at, at your basic level. And you just said that, you, you know, you upgrade or you, you uh, get promoted so kind of go on uh past that point once you get promoted oh right so the stage one once again you know you'd have to uh qualify or you have to you know do a couple of regionals here and there and then then you'll be allowed to do stage two which is the one that will allow you to work at the international championships and the world championships and those are the times when if you get selected for those by pokemon they will pay for your accommodations to to judge and work in those events oh very awesome yeah so, i mean they they do they do a lot of stuff for the professor community that you know people may not realize that they offer yeah so okay going back to you know just any even just the local event um do professors actually get kind of like price support or, or is there like incentive like per event for them to you know to or judge or, or you, you know do the professor's program through yeah um so pokemon gives those staff promos mm -hmm. uh which is is probably a, a common compensation um so you know whenever you see a pre-release right that's when you see those staff you know for instance this vivid voltage the staff charizard or the staff lugia uh, mm -hmm. Those are meant to be given out to the professors working the event at the end of it. So th that that's one thing. Uh, also, I, it's up to the each local store, but you know a lot of stores will compensate their professors. Mm -hmm. uh, and Pokemon does also offer that somewhat through 
like when they do the pre-release kits and they get the prize support, uh, a small percentage of that is meant to go to the professors as well, um, okay. whether it's packs or, you know, play mats or stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but then they also will give you uh, professor points, which, I mean, they haven't been issuing recently because there's been no official events, so people haven't been yeah. able to earn them really. But uh, those can be spent at the online professor store and that is where you can get some cool swag, as some people would say it, of mm-hmm. <laughs> Pokemon-exclusive items. Like, uh, you know, the last couple of years they were releasing playmats that had, you know, each gen... Well, they did a Gen 1 first, and it had all the Pokemon from Gen 1 on the playmat. Then they released a Johto version, and then they've released a uh, Hoenn version also. So there's incentive to judge over playing, because I know, like, as a player... I want to play and try to earn all these events. And I, in the past, I felt like, oh, if I, if I ever kind of went down this road, I'm losing my chance at getting these swag. But it does sound like the professors are compensated pretty, pretty well for missing their opportunity to compete. Yeah, and, you know, I know there's a couple professors that uh, they do both. I mean, I, there, there's a... A very popular Pokemon player from when I, you know, from since I've been playing, his name is uh, Christian Mansky, mm-hmm. and you know he's been heavily involved in the professor program the last couple of years. But he's also played in these top tier events, so you know you can do both. Okay, it, it, especially at his level, you know he only has to play in five events, or it seems like, and he qualifies for Worlds. <laughs> so, well, if you win to, them all, you don't really need to go too many, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, I I think that's the I think that's where Jake's trying to get at, and let, uh, people who are unaware or new to this, or even veteran players. I know there's talk that like, well, why would you be a professor? You can't play, and that's true for most games. But I think Pokemon has a nice balance of who can actually get involved in both sides of it, which is important because you know you want to see the community, uh, you know, grow, and you know, being left out in a certain way is, you know kind of is, is annoying but i don't see that as an issue with pokemon i really see that as like you know there's i only see benefits right now so yeah, yeah i would it, agree yeah it, you know i've been i've been doing a little bit both and I've, I've been playing locally in competitive tournaments but i've also been you know working my way up in the professor program yeah and I, f- I find it's kind of important um and especially like in a game like pokemon is if you can do both it would probably make you a better judge overall because you're kind of in tune to what it is like playing as a competitive player. I know in the past with other games we've played where you're a competitive player and like a judge will come and you kind of question, you know, the call that they make because, Hey, you're, you're not in this kind of situation. How can you kind of think that way? I guess. And if you have more, people doing both there's kind of less likelihood of something like that happening yeah i I think that my well first of all being a judge and a professor you know you learn unique card interactions that you don't think you'd ever come across and uh you know being a player also i have i know what the common card interactions are between players and like what can be questioned and so therefore as a judge i can identify those uh faster then I would say, uh, you know, a person who doesn't do both. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, that is definitely helpful. And uh, that's why 
um, I, you know, when I took my test and stuff, I was actually really surprised how in-depth the questions were. I remember the interactions that they go into because, you know, in general, you, like there's certain things that you don't think about on the surface level with this game. Um, and then, you know, then we'll see that that's why certain decks will surprise people. And there's that certain ruling or that interaction that just goes a long way um you know in, in my mind i think that you know people you know that the judges have to be aware of or be actually able to process this through yeah and and uh pokemon has also been keeping up to date on those test questions because i remember when i first applied for this program and i took the test they were only asking me questions that related to stuff in heart gold soul silver and that stuff was rotated you know four or five years ago mm-hmm. and <laughs> you know, now they're at least more relevant to what is currently happening. So another question I might have is, actually, this can be to both of you guys. Uh, so whenever a new set does come out and there's potential new interactions, are do Pokemon kind of give you a heads, a heads up on, you know, potential interactions with cards? Or, or do they kind of wait until they... Like progress normally, and I guess not giving you any like insider information or trying to give you deck ideas or anything like that. So for the Pokemon Professor program, there is a guy, and as you guys get more experience, you might recognize him. But some people call him Pokepop, mm-hmm. and his his name that you might also see is Michael Martin, and he uh, he every couple of weeks or so before a set releases, he might issue a post in Verbank City Gym or within the professor's Facebook group and ask, hey, what are some card interactions that you can see, you know, might need a ruling on? And so then everyone comments on them. You know, for instance, when Eternatus first came out, you know, people were posting, well, what was if Eternatus VMAX gets knocked out and you don't have a backup Eternatus VMAX, what happens to the bench? And yeah. how does that order of operations get handled? And so, you know, they will... Uh, get all those questions and then they'll develop rulings and relatively, you know, close to when the set releases, they'll release those, this Q&A, I guess, or this uh, compendium, they call it, mm-hmm. or, you know, professors to their specific rulings. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. That kind of helps you guys, you know, when new sets come out, be on top of the ball so you can have a ruling ready on these pre-releases or like these early events with uh, the new rulings. Yeah, Marty was a big issue whenever it got first released because, you know, they were saying, well, in these big events, what's the penalty if a player takes their hand and shuffles it into the deck instead of putting it on the bottom? Because, you know, there's a lot of players that were used to this old supporter uh, Mm -hmm. called N, which plays very similar to Marty, but instead of those cards being placed on the bottom, they got shuffled in the deck. So those those older players might, you know misplay that card and do a wrong interaction and how do you address that situation i know i'm guilty of it with a reset stamp and marnie especially you know when it first came out i was rather new to the game and and they're both very similar kind of like you just said but it could kind of become second nature to do one or the other and then you know you get the other one that comes up and then you kind of misplay it so yeah i can see that being a, a big help Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think it's important not just, you know, locally, you know, 
with professors and stuff, I think like the community itself and Steve just recently introduced me to this. I have not been able to actually get involved with it at all just because, you know, mm-hmm. life. Uh, but uh, the, the professor community is amazing. Just the amount of support that everyone is giving to each other to help out and understand the game. Um, you know, I've seen this with other games and I know that oh, it, it's very true with Pokemon is just the effort that it goes in uh, to learning and being prepared for all the questions that could come up. Huge, hugely important, you know, and just such a good job by the, the, the professors that are paying attention to try and stop these and be prepared for it. So, you know, it's amazing all the work and effort that, you know, each player, all these people go and look into and try to figure out how to improve. Yeah. During the pandemic, the, the, the main group of professors that Pokemon has, they've been absolutely killing it out there. You know, there's, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that, you know, your typical player doesn't know. They, they have, they have a Facebook group, but then, Fortunately, it's only reserved for you know active Pokemon professors. So you have to prove that you have passed the test and that you're approved by Pokemon before you're allowed to join. And then they have a Discord group, which it's it's constantly actively going all the time. And yeah. they have like emergency sections if you, you know if you're in person and running a tournament, you know, when we're allowed to eventually, uh, and you have a quick on a question, there's about four or five professors that are on that are reserved for that weekend to answer any questions almost immediately you know, to make sure that a, a ruling is not held up too long. That's awesome. As, as, a, as a player and not a professor, it is nice to know. It's like a comfort level that, that there's so many people in your corner to just make an educated decision uh, rather quickly. Even if you don't have the answer yourself, you, you have such a, um, a pool of, of knowledge to, to dip into. And that's very comforting as a player to know that, you know, you'll probably get the, the right call for the game, uh, regardless if it's in your favor or not. At least it's a, it's a opinion that you can definitely trust. Yeah. And, you know, once again, during this whole pandemic, they've been running seminars about once a month for, you know, professors to, uh, to participate in and learn event and learn subjects that you didn't think that were possible out there. And so, you know, I've been doing that since June and I've, I've learned so much I'd say in this past six six to eight months since you know this whole pandemic started yeah well that's awesome uh is there any uh, last kind of thoughts or anything you want to add to this professor's program uh you know there actually is one thing uh mm-hmm. there is a special tournament that's coming up in about a week and a half okay from the day of this recording and it is called the pokemon professors cup and it is an exclusive tournament reserved only for Pokemon professors. And uh, they changed the, the standard legal format a little bit, and you have to now construct a deck using the standard legal format. So it's no Vs, no GXs, uh, no VMAXs. And when you signed up for it, you were assigned a random type, mm. and uh, 50 to 60% of your deck have to be a Pokemon of that type and then you'd also get another typing of your choosing and 40 to 50% of your deck had to be of that type. And so I'll be participating in that, you know, in that next week or so. Yeah. And I'm super excited to see how that turns out. Yeah. No, you've been uh, talking about this for the last couple of weeks and, you know, 
when you first brought it to my attention, we kind of bounced some ideas off um, with these restrictions. And it's kind of interesting to see uh, what you came up with. I know we probably don't want to talk too much about it right now, just in case somebody was listening in the or coming in, in the future. So it doesn't affect your results, but I can't wait to uh, kind of see how you do and actually talk about the deck that you had at that point. Same here. Same here. But yeah, we'll yeah. definitely I, I, keep know, everybody I, up to date. <laughs> Yeah, it, it sucks. I really wish I could uh, participate in it. I just know I don't won't have enough time to. So, uh, but I as soon as it's over, as soon as it starts, we're getting you back on for sure to talk about how it went and everything. Because I love those rules. I love stuff like that. So it's just kind of neat to see that be in play. Yeah, absolutely. Steve, did you have anything else you wanted to add to talk about the professor program? And you know, if there's our new professors out there or players who are looking to become professors, you know, what, what, what do you suggest for them? The, the new, the one last thing I want to mention about the professor program is uh, there is this, and I guess it's the most important thing for about the program in general. It's, you know, your tests are going to be around it and every, you know, it's going to be brought up over and over again. And that is the four core values of the professor program. And I would say if you can fit in all four of those categories, you would make an excellent judge and or even organizer uh in the you know pokemon community and those four uh categories or four core values are integrity honesty responsibility and professionalism and you know right as soon as you click on the professor's homepage, those are the first four things that pop up so they're mm. everywhere and be prepared to memorize them and learn them Nice. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's one thing that's true is that even everyone for all play should be thinking about that. You know, I think that's true for the entire game for all players too. So it's just a good rule in general. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of times where either a ruling goes against you or you just feel unlucky and just kind of how you handle yourself is, is a big part of, you know, who you should be as a player and and or a judge so try to yeah they yeah they always mention that you represent you know nintendo and and pokemon in general every time you are working as a staff member in any of these events so yeah. that's why these these four cornerstones are super important to them yeah i couldn't agree more All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this topic here. Uh, before we get into our next topic, which is going, I'll preview is a Darmanitan V deck profile with Steve. We're going to go right to our Whimsy Watch. Hello, Charlie here with your Whimsy Watch. We had another big week of tournaments to talk about, so let's discard some tools and get right into it. We're going to start with the Hegster. Season 3, number 11. It's 177 people in this tournament. Uh, it was dominated by 22% of ADP decks, 15% Picarom decks, and 12% of Lecephalon decks. Ultimately, won by Picarom, taking that tournament down. Slide farther down into the week, we got a Hyperlux X Hegster TCG Regional Qualifier. This was the biggest tournament of the week with 192 players. Uh, ADP took the top spot again at 23%. Picarom coming in second at 16%. Senescorch this time was at 9%. The big thing about this tournament, Colossal VMAX. 
it wins the, it won this tournament. It was its first win we've seen since coming out in Vivid Voltage. Sliding down to the end of the week, uh, we have the Sunday Open. It's 158, third biggest tournament of the week. 158 players. ADP takes the top slot again. 22% of the decks there were ADP. 10% Senna Scorch and Picaram at 8%. Ultimately, this one was won by a Bicephalon. Only going over three. I'm going to break down the whole week here for you because we have a lot to talk about. Uh, the week-long meta was basically broken down as ADP was the top deck, 22%. Pika at 15, Picaram at 15%. Senna Scorch, 10%. Bicephalon at 9%. And Eternatus was at 7%. Those are your top five decks you're seeing throughout the week uh, in terms of meta share. But Pika-Rom had the hot week. It totaled out with four tournament wins throughout the week. So let's take a look at what this all means and this week's trends. So obviously, ADP, Pika-Rom, and your, your Solve for X, Fire decks, plus F1, Send a Scorch, they're going to be prevalent in the meta. So you got to prepare accordingly for those. Uh, you're going to be around keep a lookout. Um, looking at the new Vivid Voltage decks, uh, the Whimsy Tool, do tool Drop deck, uh, it's kind of dropping out of the meta. Very low meta share this week, um, reaching fringe play. But Colossal uh, is slowly rising and gaining more and more meta share each week. Uh, and as we talked about earlier, it picked up its first tournament win. So it's coming on as a meta staple it might come on and become a meta staple is what I'm going to say with that one this week's surprise uh, to me was the increase in in Desigoons, Decidueye, Altaria those wall decks uh, all together it was a 3 point increase so up 3% of the meta share this week um, I think that's partly in take to their, a good target for um, ADP and Pikram and and they can wall those those high meta share decks off pretty easily, even though ADP can have an easy Aegis Slash tech card in them. A lot of people just don't run it for more consistency. Um, so that's the meta for this week. There's one big thing we wanted to go over to, um, is because the Players' Cup 2 is now down to a top 16. Uh, so we have four finalists in each region going into the... Uh, European, the European region. Uh, we have the, the top four players are Lorenzo, and excuse me if I say any of these names wrong. I'm not sure, so sorry if I do. I'm gonna try my best. Uh, it, it's Lorenzo Fallet. Um, he's playing a Lucario Melmetal and Zashin. A Tim Cox also playing Lucario Melmetal. A Francisco Pasquale Caterino. Uh, he's playing ADP in Zashian. Uh, Marco. And a Marco Privati, uh, also playing an ADP in Zashian. Now with the top four for the North American region, we got an Owen Johnson playing ADP as well. Uh, a Zach Lesage uh, playing Center Scorch. A Hugo Lapierre uh, playing Blacephalon. And Brent Gibbons with a Lucario Melmetal and Zashian. Um, from the Latin American division, we got Renzo Zambrano uh, playing ADP. A Diago Casaraga. With, with ADP, an Alex Silva, also with ADP, and a Pablo Lieva with Senna Scorch. And in the last region, Oceana, we have Christian Paspani uh, playing ADP, a Sam Clayfield with Eternatus, 
Brent Tonneson with Lucario Millmetal and Zashian, and then a James Cox with ADP and Zashian. Those are your top 16 players, and if you weren't keeping track of the total decks, 50% of them, eight players, are playing ADP. We got four Lucario Melmetals in that, in that top 16, two Senna Scorch, one Blacephalon, and one Eternatus. I'm putting my money on the Dark Horse, literally playing the Dark deck, Sam, with the Eternatus deck. So, I know that's a lot of info, so be sure to follow Whimsy Watch on Twitter at, at, at WatchWhimsy, where you can see all of this info uh, and usually some easy-to-read charts and graphs. Um, and that is this week's Whimsy Watch, so be sure to keep listening here to find out what's being played out there. Thanks, Chuck. That's awesome. All right, so, uh, Steve, you not only are you going to talk about the, or you already did, but uh, the professor's program, you also kind of wanted to help us out and do a, a deck profile breakdown. And I know you kind of wanted to go the fire direction, but I kind of pushed you in the uh, the Darmanitan because I knew a lot of people were kind of on that hype train about Darmanitan. Um, give me your thoughts, a breakdown, and uh, and kind of what the deck choices you made with it. So before I started testing, I wrote down some some opinions I had or some some work concerns I guess I had with this deck. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of them is I don't know if anyone watches uh, you know, streams or anything, but generally the consensus within the community is that Frostmoth variants are not consistent decks. You know, you need a lot of stuff to get them going, and therefore mm-hmm there's a big possibility to just not be able to set up. And if you don't set up early enough, you're just going to lose because you're sure we're going to set up fast enough. Yeah. Uh, you got those ADPs out there and the Pikas that just set up basically turn two, they're ready to go. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's definitely a, a struggle out of the gate with, with any of these type of decks and, you know, other players have, you know, announced or have, shown that same aspect of this deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one is, you know, there's a lot of energy acceleration in this game, and that is the core basis against a lot of competitive decks, as we call them. Uh, now, most of those, I think all but this card allows you to attach those energies to an active Pokemon. Yes. Frostmoth requires you your Pokemon to be on the bench, and I think that is a big hindrance to this deck right off the bat. You know, you have to not only have your Frost Moth, right? You know, do you necessarily yeah. want to active and a chance to be KO'd while yeah. your your main attacker sits on the bench for a turn or two to get powered up? Or, you know, do you have a, a sacrifice Pokemon to to take a f- couple of hits while you charge up your attacker and set up? Mm-hmm. It just reminded me, you know, this is a card that you guys have probably never played with, but you might have seen it in Expanded Little a little bit. Uh, of the Deluge Blastoise from Boundaries Crossed and Plasma Blast. And I guess technically it got reprinted in Plasma Storm as well. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> where it has the ability of... It's a stage two, so that that was its downfall, as opposed to being a stage one that Frostmoth is. Yeah. But it could attach water energy anywhere to any of your Pokemon. As long as they're in your hand, which is what Frostmoth also has, but yeah, Osmos has to be bench water type Pokemon. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, was that trade off for a stage two worth it to just be able to go, all right, my Pokemon can be anywhere and attach as much energy 
uh, and then, you know, we're, we're off to the races. Yeah. Uh, so another one I had is Galarian Darmanitan is weak to the best Pokemon card in the game right now. <laughs> so, you know, it, yeah, cool. It's got 320 HP, but Zacian V doesn't care. It's got 320 nope. HP. It'll say you're going down to one hit regardless. Yeah, that's definitely I, the the biggest criticism going in that I kind of seen. Yeah, right. And then I, I was I was about to say, I mean, Zamazenta is still also around too. So you know, it's it the brother dog is kind of a pain out there for you. Yeah, just as well. Yeah, it's it's uh, if you face battle, you better hope you've got something else going on in your deck. <laughs> definitely right so let's uh, let's uh let's get into this so the main gist of this deck though is is it centered around darmanitan v or is it actually uh another follow-up or is this is this kind of a mix or is this not with intellion and since it's not with Fro- it sounds like you know this is frost moth in here you know what else are we seeing? So I, when I first started playing this deck, I built it straight just Frostmoth, Galarian, Darmanitan, uh, no Intellion V Max in the deck. Mm-hmm. And uh, my first couple games were not very good with the deck. Uh, I went two and seven my first nine games playing the deck, um, and I went like one and one against Eternatus. Uh, surprisingly, beat a Whimsicott deck. Lost the Mad Party, and the deck consistently struggled to set up. And I think that was the biggest issue with it, is setting up, and most of my losses came as a result of that aspect. But Yeah, so so the setup was uh, difficult at first. Oh, it was atrocious. And and maybe it might have been a little bit of... uh, I wasn't sure when I first was playing it, do I want to go first or second? Because you sit there and think that, that... I got a power. I got to get a Snom on the bench, my main attacker on the bench, mm-hmm. and either potentially another Pokemon or another Snom, so that in case one gets knocked out, I can still play turn yeah. two. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think I debated that you need to go first in this deck and play heavy. We'll play, you know, some Crobats and Dedenes, and you just can't be afraid to bench those guys because, you know, you need to you need to go first. So that by your turn two, you're attacking, and they only had one turn to go, and you have all the Pokemon you need to set up. Yeah, that can be very tricky, though, especially if you do go first and you don't find any like resources. You can really just kind of be dead in the water before you really even start. Yeah, and the games that you just go and sit there, you have a good deck, concede, let's go to the next game. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's unfortunate. This start wasn't sounds like all that great right now. Uh, what did what were the first couple changes that you started making to the deck? Uh, so the first change, and I think the best change I made, was adding in Intellion VMAX because mm-hmm. Intellion VMAX uh, not only did it give you a secondary attacker, but it also gave you better matchups against certain decks that Galarian Darmanitan could not give you. Uh, mm-hmm. So, for instance, ADP, right? You know, you you don't want to be really attacking with your Glaring Dermanitan because if ADP gets set up, you know, you're just the game's over pretty much at that point. So, Teleon yeah, right. with his 
first attack, the Vitellion VMAX allows you to, you know, try to push off ADP a little bit until you can really get set up and get going. Yeah. Yeah, the, the energy disruption, just pushing that energy back to the to the hand really kind of stalls them out and forces them to look for other resources to get up and uh, start spreading that uh, energy around. Absolutely. Right. Hydra Snipe is such a great attack. And then also that allows you, uh, even with my experience with this, this, these two, is that it allows you to start building up that Darmanitan because, you know, if you are behind with Frostmoth and Darmanitan, uh, it's only one energy to do Hydra Snipe. Yes. Yeah. And, and having a one energy attacker uh, helps the deck a lot because you don't need really Frostmoth to attack with him. Yeah, it, it buys you time if you don't get that engine up and running as fast as you like to. Right. So, real, real quick then, so did you turn the deck to be hardcore, more energy denial with like Team Yelkrins and Crushing Hammers, or is it is it in this in-between space? Uh, so I think the deck really needs to just focus on drawing through your deck and drawing the pieces you need when you need them. So, you know, as much as you would love to add crushing hammer and and team yell grunt you know those cards i think are more reserved for pokemon search right because you have to set up two stage ones which a lot of mm-hmm. these decks don't have to do yeah uh, and you know you need to just get this frost moth out as quick as possible and you know those those card spaces need to be reserved for more consistent pokemon search and draw so after you made this change what was the success rate? What were you seeing? How were you seeing it fare up against certain decks? So, once again, it did not start off good. And this is, I he was even messaging Jake in the middle of this. I said, I'm about to tear this deck apart this <laughs> week because I went 2-12 and 12 when I put oh, Inteleon VMAX in there. Now, I think that was as a result of I did not know how to play the deck at the time. Yeah. So, it it, it took me about you know, five or six games to sit there and say, oh, okay, in this matchup, I want to focus on this Pokemon. In this matchup, I want to focus on, you know, Glaring Domanitan versus Inteleon VMAX. And, you know, I was also still trying to figure out, you know, is going first just the best thing to do every single time or are there are certain situations when you want to go second? And then, of course, the inconsistency of just Frostmoth decks also creeped in there a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so... Okay. What what other support Pokemon did you include in there? Did you did you run one to Dene, two Crobats, any of those amazing Rehirachis or the Stellar Wish ones? Or? Uh, so I think my Pokemon line was a three three Frost, a uh, Stom Frost Moth, and then I ran two two each of the Inteleon V Max and the Glare and Domanitan, and like one Crobat and two Dene. Okay. Okay, so I mean, so you you definitely got some. You you filled it in with some pretty good support. Do you feel with this deck that it, it is with the low number of actual attackers in there? Did you find issues with that? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some games where you know you sat there and you like, oh well, I've got a, you know, <clears throat> I you you get in a situation where you'd have to discard either an Inteleon V Max or a Galarian. Darmanitan VMAX and mm-hmm. you know if you're wanting to focus on you know two of that one copy of that one card if you had to discard one early I mean you were just screwed because I didn't play any sort of Pokemon recovery in the deck yeah. because once again I felt that space was better 
off going towards more consistent drawing. Yeah, so I mean, there there are definitely times when I would be playing and be like, oh, well, guess we're going to play Galarian Darmanitan versus ADP and see how that goes. <laughs> Probably not well. Yeah, I mean, you'd actually be surprised. Okay, well, oh, hey, that, that, don't underestimate that headbutt though, because if you can, get, if if they're going to run crushing hammers, you might be able to paralyze them at least with a with a headbutt, <laughs> cause disrupt them at least a little bit. Yeah, there was yeah. definitely a few times when I had to go for that strategy, and usually those games did not end well because I would always flip tails. <laughs> yeah, flip, flip effects never go the way you want them. I, I would rather just no. have right you right you and just guarantee the. But yeah, after saying you're kind of going into this breakdown, uh, let's kind of just, as far as like the deck profile, let's kind of go into the matchup spread um, like we like to do with all of our uh, our list breakdowns. And I would say we always should start off with the, the most popular, uh, the most meta share deck there is, uh, and that is the, the ADP deck. How does it fare against it? Uh, so I actually had a winning record against ADP with this deck, which was okay. the, probably the most shocking. I'd say. So uh, then, oh, yeah. So what's your record and kind of your strategy in that matchup? So my record was four and three against the deck. Uh, and, you know, you're really your main attacker you want to focus on is Inteleon VMAX early because, mm-hmm. once again, you're trying to stop that ultimate ray on the Zacian V as much as possible. You're, you're probably not going to stop the altered creation, but your goal is to stop the the ultimate raid to start charging up the Zacian where they can start doing a lot of damage. Yeah. <clears throat> so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I always found out like, you know, you know, I always made sure I tried to go with this Intellion V max and, you know, I just prayed that my opponent didn't have this insane turn one where, you know, they not even need the ultra, the ultimate raid to get Zacian powered up. You know, they got the, the two energies on the ADP and they got like one or two energies on Zacian and, you know, if that happens, you might as well just scoop it up and just move on because you ain't going to win that game. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that's a t- that, that's always tough. I mean, I think that's pretty true for ADP in any matchup, though. <laughs> if that ultimate turn one goes and they're like all set up, ready to go, have a good yeah, day. Yeah. Uh, and then after I set up the Intellion VMAX and attacked with them for a turn or two and started spreading the damage around a little bit, you know, I think Galarian Darmanitan became a very good card. Uh, you know, it 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 allowed me to spread enough damage. Like, so wherever Italian V couldn't, like, you know, it put, like, 90 damage on a Pokemon, right? Yeah. So then Galarian Darmanitan could easily sit there and go, all right, let's uh, do one quick spread. And then, you know, you would boss up another thing, and then you would spread one more time with his attack, and you would knock out, you know, you take five or six prizes in that instance. That's probably a feel-good moment there. Uh, have you had any games where you just took uh, set set the board state up in a way that you just took six prizes all in one turn? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, th- those matchups are the matchups where the Italian VMAX worked, and your opponent didn't get this insane turn, and then Galarian Darmanitan with his with his two hundred and sixty to everything after the the telescopic sight, I think that's the card, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep, telescope scope is scope. is attached. Uh, scope. Yes. <clears throat> so that card being able to do sixty helps helps the math that Atelion V couldn't really finish off the first time around. Awesome. 
Okay, so yeah, so that's pretty good that you had a winning record against ADP, especially with that glaring metal weakness that people are like, oh yeah, it's just an automatic loss. Doesn't seem like it is quite to that uh, level uh, as an automatic loss. So that's good news, I guess. Well, what's it? What's it like against the other the other metal Luke metal tag team deck there? How do you feel how it fares against that? Oh, one? you might as well just not play that game. <laughs> uh, I think that is probably its worst matchup by far. Because, you know, once again, these po- the issue with these Pokemon is Inteleon V Max is only doing 60 damage with its one energy attack. Yeah. So, yep. it, you know, if they get off a, you know, full metal wall GX and they have a goggle, you're doing no damage. <laughs> so, right. and then right. if you find a way to, to get three energies on there, you know, and keep them on there, you know, you're not only doing 100 damage, and that's, that's three-shotting uh, all these Pokemon. And that's saying that that's even just including if they didn't, didn't play a Malawana, which they're going to. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so generally it, it did not... And then, so then, therefore, their best Pokemon to attack with is, unfortunately, Galarian Darmanitan, which is, once again, weak to Zacian, and, yeah. you know, it's being and, one-shotted. And that's not even counting right. the uh, the metal goggles that present, prevent all that damage going to the bench as well. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you're not even doing any spread damage to anything that got full metal wall and the goggles on. Yeah, spread damage needs right. to spread. Yeah. Yeah, but it definitely is painful when even if you have the scope on to just be like, cool, I did nothing yeah. that I was supposed to design to do this turn. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. It, it, those were games that were over quick. Yeah, uh, yeah, I kind of figured that. So going into the really, I guess the last like major archetype as far as like the tag teams, we got your Pikaram. How how do you fare against Pikaram? So I did go zero and three, and I don't think I got a fair game in against Pikaram because any game that I felt like I played against it, uh, I either dead drew or I was forced to use Inteleon because I couldn't find any Glarian Darman and Tans. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think that there is a. I, obviously, I think you need to put early pressure on with him because Pikaram's Pokemon don't have a lot of HP. You know, you do 260 spread twice, yeah. you knocked out almost any Pokemon in that deck. Yeah, so that's kind of unfortunate. You didn't get to like have a even game uh, in those the that testing because I I definitely see that can kind of go either way, especially with that glaring metal weakness, it kind of actually helps when you go into the, the match that you normally would just lose because of electric weakness. Right. Yeah, that's, that's what I was about to ask, because it's, I feel like Galarian, you know, or, or Darmanitan gives you that actual chance against electric, since it's not like Lapras, like, you know, yes, Lapras is the same weakness, but the issue with Lapras is to do any real damage, you're, you're talking six really six energy on there um on there and that takes even more time than demand hand and doesn't have that spread damage effect. yeah i mean although lapras is one shotting hopefully any pokemon that it faces it, the, mm-hmm. the six energy is very costly and very difficult to get on yeah especially with and if you lose it and if you lose it it's really hard yeah. to recover because you probably have put a lot of effort into building one and not don't have the backup ready to right. go yeah. Okay. So I mean, I, I guess that really covers um, all the main uh, tag teams. So I kind of want to go into the newer, uh, the V Max. 
Um, we kind of categorize it now with the VMAX is like the heavy hitters, like your Cenoscorches, your Colossals, um, Lapras, things like that, where it just like does a massive ad- amount of damage to the active, not really spreading. Um, so just kind of lumping them all into one. Um, how do you fare, think it fares against just those general um, VMAX hard hitting guys? I think this is the deck's best matchups right here are against Eternatus and Senate Scorch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sure, Eternatus can can one shot, you know, these Pokemon, but it's it's also not the easiest thing for Eternatus to do. And yep. if you can get early pressure on with a Galarian Darmanitan, uh, you know, they can't keep up it because you're also weakening all the bench Pokemon that it needs so much. Yeah, and not only are you, you know taking a knockout on your uh, Eternatus VMAX, you know, you're also doing damage to their four Crobats on their benches and their, you know, their Toxicroaks and you're doing damage to their slow bros. And, you know, eventually yeah. they all just get overwhelmed and they get knocked out from the spread damage. Yeah. With all those V's, um, they can't really scoop them up like you can with like a Zigzagoon or the Toxicroak or, um, or, or, Garbodor or anything like that. Like if if you start rolling that damage train, there's really nothing they could do other than just try to knock you out before you kind of get that damage out there. Right. Uh, and then so, uh yeah. Have you seen have you seen like with the is it Darmanitan or even with Inteleon uh you know is it still kind of the same strategy there to start with Inteleon and then go in with Darmanitan because of uh Hydra Snipe or are you full focused Darmanitan against the turn? Uh I mean so if you go first and you can get the you no know, on your second turn if you have the ability to get that 200 damage 60 everywhere I think the Galarian Darmanitan's better in that sentence, because it just overwhelms your opponent too quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I also could, you know, there's times when I couldn't, the Italian VMAX did play an important role because you would be able to return the energy back to your hand and basically said, all right, your last turn just got reset. So there you go. What's your next turn like? Yeah. And if they don't have Excel, right. uh, it can definitely hurt them for sure. Yeah. So you mentioned Eternatus. It's pretty good against with that big bench where you can start just spreading damage. Um, you got the you got the Santa Scorch. It doesn't generally have as big of a bench. Um, I'm sure that weakness kind of plays a huge part into it. Yeah. Well, actually, I think uh, my match was spread overall against that deck was four and three, and two of those losses were to Santa Scorch, surprisingly. But oh wow, wow. Uh, once again, I think you know those two games resulted in I didn't get a super quick setup, and my opponent had you know the the tier one Volcanian turn one welder onto it and you know flare starter three to the bench sending scorch and they just had giant sending scorch and yeah even though it it doesn't take much to knock it out you still got to get your pokemon out there yeah and if if you're rolling too slow that that can just steamroll you really really quickly yeah Right, that makes sense. Even though Inteleon, you know, and even Inteleon can take out Senate Scorch in one attack with um, Max Bullet, but that's three energy you have to get attached to it. Uh, Darmanitan's just going to wipe it out no matter what. Even, But, like, I can see some Senate Scorches still. They're running burning energy, so it's going to have more yeah. health. Yeah, but it doesn't have 400 more health, so... <laughs> right, it doesn't have 400 more health. That's why the Darmanitan is, is you know, if you get that going, boom. Yeah. <laughs> 
definitely. Okay, cool. Uh, so VMAX generally is uh, kind of where this deck kind of shines. Uh, it sounds like what, what you're saying. Yeah, if you know that people aren't going to really be playing Picarom and ADP and Luke Metal and they're going to go heavy Eternatus Tennis Scorch, I think this might be, this is going to be the best environment for it to shine. Definitely. Well, what about Colossal VMAX? So that's one that I, I find interesting because of the stone energy there. How that almost seems more like a Luke Metal ma- matchup without the weakness. How's that fair? So I actually didn't play against any Colossal VMAX decks when I played this. So. But if I had to guess, I'm assuming, you know, Italian VMAX would be the, the preferred starter off the bat because you can once again keep putting the energies back to your opponent's hand and delaying them until you can get a glare and a mana turn out. Yeah. Yeah, I find it just very hard to test um, versus uh, the Colossal right now because a lot of people either are just so off that hype train or they just don't have the cards, so you barely ever see it on the ladder. Yeah, they, it, you know, back when I played this deck, I played right. 20 different decks uh, with Galarian, Darmanitan, and Inteleon, and not one of them was a Colossal. <laughs> well, uh, you know, you, you, I bring up an interesting point. Would that actually, Hydra Snipey, actually be feeding into Colossal's matchup there in a weird way? You know, because you could be, if, you, if they have a Ranguru there, could you actually be setting yourself up for a weird trap where you give them the 140 damage or the 130 attack um, because of its, uh, its single energy attack? Yeah, now that you mention it, I, I probably would have to actually agree with that. So I think I don't think this matchup would be a, a very good matchup where they can get a lot of stone energy out. Mm-hmm. It'd be similar to the Luke Metal where you know they're just you got to four or five shot them at this point. But yeah, I mean. I think the best route might be the just the straight up Galarian Darmanitan route. Yeah. Well, another, another. Yeah, because I, I, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I haven't seen it enough, or both of you. I haven't seen it enough on the ladder to be like to make real good judgments there. I'm just, I'm spitballing right now because that's something I was thinking about. Like, oh no, you're feeding into it. I, do you, do you maybe think if you're, you're stuck with Intellion, I would go maybe try and attack a Ranguru. Um, oddly enough, I don't no, know I now. Think- I think you one. definitely want to hit the bench. Like unlike the Luke Metal, they don't have that metal goggles to kind of prevent the the damage to the bench. And I haven't seen Mew really running rampant in this list. So I think as long as you can kind of just maybe spread some damage and kind of maybe slow them down as far as getting up max to the four and kill killing a Rangaroo at the time, I think that's kind of the strategy you want to go to. Well, right, because it's what Galeri or. Well, I guess it's a four shot on a Rengaru no matter what, but yeah, I, that might make a telling on VMAX a second attack really good because you're able to do 90 mm-hmm. or 60-60 to the uh, to Rengaru and knock it out in one hit, or I guess in two turns. Yeah. Yeah, 2-2. Two, two. Right, because that has 120 yeah. HP, right? Yes, it does. Yeah, they're 120, so yeah, so it'd be two attacks with a 60 damage, and then maybe if they're for some reason they don't have the Orangaroo or you've already knocked it out with a scope, you can put 90 damage into their benched Colossal if they're trying to build up the second yeah. one. Because, you know, they, they probably don't have all that stone energy on it. That's going to be an interesting one. I, I wonder, honestly, listeners and stuff, I hope they, you know, what's the experience they've had with it? Because, again, I, I don't... It, 
you know, this is a tough matchup right now. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting for sure. Definitely. Well, we'll have to do some, hopefully, some testing um, on both sides of it and kind of come back to this um, at a further time. Um, but I guess the next deck archetype I want to kind of talk about um, are those are those uh, other deck spread or the damage spreading decks. So you got your know, ore beetles out there. You've got your dragapults. You you have uh, you know the mirror match. Um, how how those kind of decks kind of feel to you? So the only deck that I thought I played a mirror match with, uh, my opponent had a very bad opening hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played double crowbat and had a water energy and scooped right after that. So <laughs> I, I never saw a mirror match other than that, I think. Uh, mm. But the I only played two spread decks also in my you know 50-ish games I played. And the one was against... Uh, Dragapult VMAX, and the other one was against Orbital. Okay. They didn't run just straight up Orbital. They ran like a stable eye version of Orbital. I can see that. That could be a a good play, I guess. So, you know, against that deck, you know, Galarian Darmanitan just kind of runs it. Uh, It can't get one shot by Orbital, and, you know, just doing 200 to the active and spreading 60 under the bench, you know. A lot of those cards just get, you know, he can't do enough healing and switching and rotating around. It just gets overwhelmed after a while. Yeah, I think just your spread damage and just the damage to the active is just so much more um, right. than he could do to you. So I feel that, yeah, you're definitely, even in the Dragapult, I would feel that's the same thing. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think that's a good matchup. Uh, unless they, you know, run the version that you've been talking about for a long time with the uh yes the bonnet <laughs> the bonnet but you outspread what they can do so theoretically you have the advantage but the only matchup i played against that i once again dead drew so Ooh. yeah as, as you can might... see this is a reoccurring theme with this yes deck. This, so this this deck does kind of the dead draw um but when it gets up and running i feel that it, it kind of may have an advantage over at least the dragapult because uh, in my testing, I've played against it a, a handful of times, and with Intellion, you know, just his 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 first attack there with the energy denial against Dragapult is enough to slow me down or the Dragapult player down enough to get that Darmanitan up and running, and then you're just out damaging you know the Dragapult player by leaps and bounds. Yep. So okay, so I mean, I, I do feel like. In a mirror match or, you know, a spread versus spread, this is probably the superior deck over any other spread deck, at least in this instance. Yes. Right. Yeah, and especially, I I don't know, I I would think in my mind in mirror match style, I would want to be going first because if you can get Snom out, then there's a better chance that your your engine is up and running much faster. Than I think you want to get two snobs so, out because if they boss something, because they can boss something and hit. Oh yeah, could be you know effective, but yeah, right, right, yeah. Especially if I mean if if max bullet is happening out there, then you have to have a backup snob ready to evolve in the frost moth because if they if they're going faster. You know, from that standpoint, yeah, you could you could be left in the dust just because you didn't even get the engine going at yeah. all. So, yeah, in my opinion, the person that can get the first spread will probably have the advantage in that matchup. Yeah, I can't sense. agree more. 
So the last archetype I want to talk about is those single prizers. You got, you know, the baby Blissathlons, the new Charizard deck. You got the with the Whimsicott tool flinging deck. Uh, you got the greeted decks out there that, you know, count the money you brought to our attention. In uh, any kind of deck like that, in that archetype, how does it do against those single prize attacking Pokemon? So I think this is a bad matchup overall for this deck. Uh, yeah, well, because once again, the spread that, you know, this deck wants to do is against, you know, the Denes and Crobats and these, you know, mm-hmm. double prize V Pokemon. Yeah. It can't do additional spread damage against all these other one prize decks because, you know, the, the telescopic scope, sight, whatever the card is, only works on <laughs> the V cards. Yeah. And GXs, mm-hmm. so... You know, it's not getting that additional 30 damage every time you attack. And, you know, you could do 90 damage in three turns, but that's not knocking out a lot of these Pokemon. Yeah. Right. right. So, you know, they, they're heavy hitters also, and they can one or two shot your Pokemon back. So, you know, <laughs> you ha- you're taking one, at- one knockout, they're taking, and one prize, they're taking three prizes after two turns. So you just kind of lose the prize trade. Yeah, that makes sense, especially with um, single prizes typically have that Mew in there because they know they have to protect the oh, bench more than anyone. Yeah. This deck's worse than so, me. Y- worse than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, Mew oh, strikes well, again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. half the reason I play this deck is just now deemed useless. Yeah. Right. Definitely. So I think, I think we're at a point where, you know, but how Jake and I always do this is what do you rank this deck? Like where, where you're seeing it right now with your current play testing, uh, what we kind of chatted here, where, where are you seeing that rank on that, you know, uh, great scale all the way to S do you, you finding it up there or somewhere down, down where else? So uh, it's definitely a, a C plus or like a C or C in my book. Okay. Uh, it's nice. Okay. It's if it works and you get good matchups, it can absolutely run the table. And if it doesn't work and you don't get good matchups or you dead draw, you know, you're going to be 03 drop, 02 drop very quickly. And from the, th- from the sounds of it, there was a lot of just dead draw from the beginning. Yeah. And maybe, you know, I probably didn't have the best list out there and, you know, there are probably ways to optimize it a little bit better. And I'm sure someone might have that one tournament out there that it, you know, performs well in, and they're like, this is the best deck on the planet. And yeah, I, I think that tier three, <laughs> that C level is about where this deck belongs. Fair, yeah, that's a fair that's, grade. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why I, I know. I think there was some talk about this early on. Um, uh, when, when Darmantan people are like kind of brushing it off and then a couple other YouTubers and stuff started talking about it and then kind of came around for a little bit, but you know, I'm not, we're not seeing it explode in popularity and everything. So, you know, uh, know, taking, taking, taking on this new Pokemon, this new V and VMAX Pokemon is a challenge. So, you know, Steve, I think you put in a lot of awesome work to even trying to analyze this and break this down as best possible. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. You know, this, this is a deck that I, I saw on YouTube and, you know, I saw the hype of it and I was interested in it and it makes you really want to think that, you know, you got to realize, and 
before I say this, I respect every single YouTube and content creator, and I know it's super difficult to produce content every week. But yeah. The people that watch these videos, they got to realize you're seeing these content creators' best games. They're not showing you right. the you know the 50 games in between game one and game two that it may have took to make this video. Yeah. And so you know you take every deck that you see on YouTube that's like, oh my god, this Pokemon is so good, it's so great, and just take it with a little grain of salt and just think about that. You know, how does it compare against the rest of the meta? Definitely, you just definitely want to think how consistent is this deck. I think that's the most important thing. It's not what necessarily the, how big the attack is or how much damage you could spread it's more of how consistently can you get your deck up and running to what it wants to do absolutely yep right right and that make, that makes a lot of sense and it sounds like this one's just a little slow yeah you know after i oh, want real quick though any other changes you would think you would put into this deck though um, now that you kind of played it, is there any other adjustments that you would want to see at all? Or do you think this, you know, I know you said you, you don't think you optimized it. I don't think anyone ever can perfectly optimize the deck. Uh, but you know, were, were there any like little subtle changes where you thought you saw a little bit more success because of this changes? Uh, so I tried to run like a good variety of Pokemon search because, you know, Quick balls aren't just good enough because that's not going to find your Frost Moth and it's not going to find your V Maxes. And, yeah. you know, although Pokemon communication is great, you need to have a Pokemon in there and you don't always have a Pokemon to sacrifice to get to find out what you want. So I tried to run a nice even spread of my Pokemon search and maybe just stick into maybe the Pokecom is the great thing about this deck is if you see a Pokemon you don't want, you can just put it back and get the one you want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I could agree more. Okay. I, I also think that if this deck came out in a time where supporters can be played turn one, I think this would this deck would be a lot better. You know, that that being able to get that extra draw without having to play Dedenne and Crobat, you know, would help this deck a lot. Yeah. Would that be from like Pokemon breeder nurturing? You're, you're well, saying, so or... I think just being able to just draw through cards more or less, not just so much just putting Pokemon on the bench. Um, mm -hmm. I think just being able to play a Professor's Research turn one would be very helpful for this deck. Okay, so okay. it's not something that you just came to mind as you said that, um, and I know people might may or may not think I'm crazy about this this Pokemon. Well, what about Talonflame? I know he's a fire type, but I believe his first attack is, it is colorless. colorless it is yeah i mean that that could easily be a potential inclusion because once that that acts like it, it does act like your your research or whatever for the turn but i think yeah. my issue with that is marnie. it doesn't help you well marnie is an issue and it doesn't <laughs> help you set up the deck actually because you know it's you need to have your attacker that you want and your snom on the bench so, you know, you could yeah. not have yeah. one of those set up and attempt to use Talonflame, but then you're still behind a turn. So I think the issue is you need to get that Pokemon on the bench first. Yeah. Which a lot of these setup decks have struggle have their struggle with. 
I couldn't agree more. Right. You know, I, I, I'd have to say, I, I tried using Talonflame for a little bit in a couple decks, just for, and I swear online, <laughs> it's like, oh, you wanted to go first with this Pokemon. No. It's it's prized, or it's not it, or you just don't get a chance to get it. I, but like the Dene, yeah, you got him first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you always start the Dene's when you don't want to. Oh, that is the worst feeling on planet Earth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dene and and uh, uh, six energy. That's 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 a classic online player. Oh yeah, I've, I've had my fair share of those type of games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we all have. Well, on that note, um, thank you again for doing uh, talking about the professor's program and going over the deck profile and all this. It was a lot of fun having you on. Um, was there any last closing thoughts or shout outs that you wanted to to have? Uh, so first of all, I wanted to shout out to uh, Heroes Inc for you know providing what they provided over the past couple of weeks. Uh, and I want to shout out to you guys for having this awesome podcast. It definitely have given me items to listen to while I'm working. Um, and I also want to shout out uh, Tricky Jim. Uh, Tricky Jim is also another thing I watch every day when I'm where I'm working, and you know mm-hmm. he puts in a lot of great work. And a lot of these deck lists that people see are as a result of what he's he's done for the community. Yeah, no, he's he's awesome. Mm-hmm. I I do the same thing every lunch. I uh, sit down and watch him live stream. And then whenever he does come up with one of these decks that are like the new fad, um, I, I feel like I already know cause I've seen half the video already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And his, his personality is so infectious. It's, you know, he gets that laugh and he does those crazy, those crazy <laughs> decks and you know, it just helps put a smile on your face. I couldn't agree more. Yep. Well, thank you again for joining us here today, Steve. And, you know, we really appreciate you coming on and, doing this and analyzing this deck and also providing all this additional information. So we hope we're helping all new players and also again, veteran players who were interested in trying to understand the professor program. Now, if anyone has any other questions and want to reach out to us, uh, you know, we're on Twitter and, and all the social media. So, you know, if you have a question for Steve, let us know and we'll, you know, we'll try and we're definitely bringing Steve back on for another episode, especially after the professor's, uh, cup and we'll go from there so thank you all again for listening yeah thank you for having me yep see you guys later thank you again for listening to triple p the best way to support us is to leave a review on apple podcasts or wherever you get podcasts you can leave us a comment or question on twitter at pit pod or on the triple p facebook page we also stream box openings online and live play at twitch.tv slash Duke of Hobbies. There you can earn TCGO codes and more. If you have made or know any Pokemon artists, send us a message and we will feature an artist each episode. Gotta catch them all.